When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Sometimes it's the normal, sometimes it's the abnormal, sometimes it's the paranormal, but it's always beyond reality. Welcome to the program. I'm J.V. Johnson, your host. Great to be here tonight. We've got a great show underway for you, or about to get underway. Anyway, Douglas Siriano will be here. He's the author of a book called An Amer- American Conspiracies and Cover-Ups, and she'll show, he'll show how conspiracies have been transforming U.S. politics for the last century. This is going to be a very interesting discussion. We know there are proven examples of where the federal government have lied to us, covered things up, we're going to talk about those, and then we're going to talk about some of the other ones where uh, there isn't necessarily uh, a, a, a verdict on whether or not a conspiracy or cover-up occurred, but there's certainly a lot of hints at one and allegations of one. The JFK assassination is one of those. So it's going to be a pretty interesting discussion. We'll, of course, take your phone calls in the second hour of the show at 844-687-7669. I just want to bring one, one other thing up because... I found this a bit interesting. I got an email earlier today, and uh, the person that had sent me the email was was concerned that I was making fun of people who need to use service horses on airplanes. And I pointed out very quickly that I wasn't making fun of that. I thought it was funny. I thought it was there was some humor in the fact that uh, horses were on airplanes at all. I have owned horses. I know what horses do um so i just saw some humor in that and just like anything we talk about things on this program that are thought-provoking sometimes humorous and sometimes uh, controversial not making fun of anything no we're just talking about it so um want to make sure that's clear we weren't we're not making fun of uh service horses or any other animal for that matter no we were not we don't do that anyway so um Looking ahead, we've got some great shows coming up. I want to point out Monday night's show, Tuesday, May Thomas, who's an author, a speaker, and a mystic teacher, will introduce us to the grid matrix of collective consciousness. This sounds like something that is going to uh, make me uh, confused, (laughs) to be honest. But um, I'm hoping that Tuesday will be able to uh, navigate me through these ideas. And then uh, Tuesday night, speaking of Tuesday, Tuesday night, L.A. Marzulli will be here. L.A. is a uh, a prolific uh, paranormal researcher and uh, writer and has done some tremendous work, has been on the program briefly before uh, he's also a filmmaker, and he's going to talk about the ancient mounds in America. Who were they built by? He says they may have been built by the Nephilim. This will be a really interesting conversation as well. That's Tuesday of next week. We'll have that discussion with L.A. Uh, bef- between now and whenever, make sure you go to Facebook and like the Facebook page, Beyond Reality Radio. Let's see those numbers climb. Have more and more people in the Beyond Reality Radio army. 
And uh, you can all uh, get information about what guests we've got coming up and other information about the show. In addition to that, YouTube uh, has a channel where we will stream the show. We continue to stream it there. And we have a great archive of back episodes. Just go to YouTube.com, search Beyond Reality Radio, or search for J.V. Johnson. Either way, when you get there, please subscribe. That way you'll, uh, you'll have access to all that information all of the time. Great shows. We stream live there. So if you don't have a radio station in your market that's carrying the program, that's a great way for you to participate in what we've got going on on the air, when we're live, all that stuff. So with that, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll bring in our guest. Again, we're talking tonight with Douglas Siriano. We're going to be talking about conspiracies in American politics. It's Beyond Reality Radio. Don't go away. A lot of show ahead. Look out, Rochester. Scaricon is coming for you. The Northeast's leading fan convention for all things pop culture is celebrating its ninth year at the Rochester Riverside Hotel, October 18th through the 20th. Scaricon brings an amazing group of celebrities, panel discussions, film screenings, great vendors, and amazing parties. It's a weekend of fun from start to finish, and it's family friendly. For more information, visit Scaricon.com and check us out on Facebook. Use the promo code BRR at checkout to save 20 on your admission. That's Scaricon.com, October 18th through the 20th in Rochester, New York. All right, welcome back to the show. So I guess we're not going to be able to get a hold of our guest tonight, Douglas Siriano. I'm not sure what happened there. Uh, Orion and Slick Eddie are busy trying to figure it all out. Uh, so we're going to do something a little bit different tonight. We're going to take your phone calls. Um, I'd love to hear about your paranormal experiences. I did this thing on uh, the Facebook page not long ago where I asked people what was their first paranormal experience or their introduction to paranormal topics you know maybe it was a tv show maybe it was an, a personal experience maybe it was an experience that was passed down through your family and it was in a form of a story whatever it happens to be i'm very very curious as to what those experiences are um, if you are willing to share them with us i'd love to have you call in 844-687-7669 in addition to that we're going to continue with the psychic um, remote viewing experiment. I have drawn a playing card from a 52-card deck. I have it in front of me here. I have looked at it. I am going to be focusing on it, and I'll be taking your calls in just a second uh, to see if you can, I don't know, tap into some psychic energy. See if you've got something that maybe has been dormant, or maybe you know it's there. And I know it's a difficult thing to do because you only have you know a minute or so to do it. That's not easy to do for anyone. Once again, if you want to join our psychic remote viewing experiment, uh, give us a call at 844-687-7669. We're going to go to the phone lines. This is Greg. Greg is in Lafayette, Colorado. Hey, Greg, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Jason, JV. Thank you so much for calling. Now, Greg, are you someone who considers yourself to be sensitive, psychic, have anything like that going on? No, but I'm working towards it. I'm trying to find it and develop it somewhat. Oh, really? So it's been something that you're that you're actively actually actively looking to uh, to develop. Yes, after listening to your shows, you know, and all the wonderful guests you have, like Carol Oakley, last time I called. When you have listened to the programs we've had psychics on, what about that has made you feel like it's something that you want to try to develop and pursue? It's always been, um, you know, my sign can lend itself to um, that astrologically, so it came up that way in my uh, astrology sign, and um, to be clairvoyant somewhat, and um, I'm fascinated by it. It, it, It's exciting. um, It uh, makes me feel 
just interested in all of that. And because it was, I grew up maybe conservative and that was, you know, idolatry. And, um, so I thought, well, everything, all these things are going on. Everything happens. There are a lot of different ways you can develop this type of sensitivity, uh, and there are a lot of d- different disciplines. Some people use tarot cards. Some people just do straight-out psychic readings. Some people use tea leaves. I mean, is there any particular approach to it that appeals to you the most? I guess through meditation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, my girlfriend, um, we talk about it and stuff. And um, meditation, I think, is a entryway into that and astrology. Um, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for you and hoping that, um, you find what you're, you know, after here, because it's not a short road. It's probably going to be going to be a long road and a lot of work, but in the short term right now, I've got a playing card that's in front of me. I know this is kind of almost a parlor trick kind of thing because it's hard for anybody, even somebody who's got a lot of psychic abilities in, in a very short amount of time to make this connection. But I am focusing on the playing card. I'm looking at it. I'm thinking about it. See what you can do to uh, tap into my mind and tell me what you see. I'm going with the Eight of Hearts. It's not the Eight of Hearts. It isn't. But thanks for trying. I appreciate you calling. And, Greg, good luck. Keep working at it and keep calling. One of these times uh, you're going to call and you're going to get it the first try. Sounds great. I love your show. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for for calling and participating. The number is 844-687-7669. I've just gotten some good news, but a good friend of the show is with us tonight. And of course, I'm talking about the one and only Scotty Roberts. Scotty, thanks for uh, joining us here tonight. Jimmy, thanks for having me. <laughs> Listen, we've got a couple of... I'm couple glad of... I was still up and around and walking around and uh, wondering what I was going to do with the next two hours. Well, we've solved that problem for you. <laughs> and bef- before we get in into some very serious discussion here, we've got some people on hold. Now, once in a while, we play this little uh, experiment, we call it. It's a psychic remote viewing experiment where I draw a playing card from a regular deck... I focus on this card, and uh, people call in and try to use remote viewing or psychic abilities to figure out what card I'm looking at. I've got a T-shirt I give away, and if uh, somebody can get it, that's what they'll get. And we've got a couple people on hold. Oh, very cool. Yeah, so we've got a few people on hold here, and we'll continue to take the calls throughout the night at 844-687-7669. So, Scotty, if you're willing to play along here, I'm going to go to the phone lines and bring in Bobby from Rhode Island. Hey, Bobby, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Terrific. Thanks for calling in. Now, Bobby, are you someone who uh, has sensitivities that you're aware of, maybe psychic, remote viewing, or anything like that? I am in remote viewing, but I'm driving to work. (laughs) (laughs) I really can't close my eyes and in remote view at the moment. But the moment you you said, uh, you know, think of the card, a card came to me right away. Really? Okay. I, I do believe you can do it without meditation yeah well i'm going to so tell we'll you right. i'm going to tell you right now i do not want you closing your eyes while you're driving that's okay just make sure that is clear uh we're all on the same page there um so with that said uh i'm focusing on this playing card and uh, what do you see i see the ten of diamonds mm, not the ten of diamonds nope i guess maybe no. next time we'll have to do it with you uh somewhere where you can actually close your eyes and see if that helps out that sounds good all right thanks so much for the call bobby all right thanks jason Bye-bye. um what are you seeing, Scotty? 
You know, <laughs> I I'm got a comp- made of diamonds in my head, but uh, that was the first impression I got. But I'm no good at that. Yeah, I'm not going to put you on the spot like that. Let's go to uh, <laughs> let's go to D. <laughs> D is in Florida. Hey, D, uh, welcome to the show. Well, hi. How are you doing? Now, you- I'm going to make a fool of myself. No, you're not. Nobody <laughs> makes a fool of themselves um, here on this program. Nobody <laughs> is a fool. This is all supposed to be fun. But before you you give us your your what you see here. Are you somebody that feels like you've got some of these sensitivities? Have you ever done any of this? Um, no, but I've got a really good intuition. And oh, okay. if I ever go against my intuition, I end up kicking myself in the bohunkus. Well, I have to tell you, um, my, uh, my son graduated from college last year, so I don't have any intuition to pay anymore. Yeah, bad well, joke, right? Okay. I didn't say tuition. I know, I, I know. I, just, I know. I'm just making a very bad late night joke. All right. Uh, That's D, okay. D, what do you see? Um, I'm focusing well, on this part. I have to ask a question because I just turned the radio on. Um, did you pick the card out yourself or just spread them out randomly and grabbed one? I shuffled the cards, and then in my hand, mm-hmm. I just kind of stuck my fingers into the middle of the deck and pulled a card out. Okay. All right. That makes a little bit better sense. Okay. Um, I am. I'm getting a seven of diamonds. Mm, a lot of people call, going with diamonds, Scotty. A lot of people going with yeah. the diamonds. I, I'm feeling. I'm feeling a diamond, but red. Yeah. A red card. Mm. Yeah. That's I what I'm feeling. I can't tell you if it, you're close. I can't tell you if you're close or not because that'll give it away for somebody else. But, give it um, away. But yeah, I'm feeling a red card, and I. It's either a heart or a diamond. That's what I'm feeling. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can't. Um, it's it, not. It's not the one you said. So <laughs> I'll have yeah, to let you go. Remember. I want a T-shirt anyway. I'll buy one from you. All right, sounds sounds so, yeah, sounds perfect. Go to the you can do that right on the website. D, thank you so much for for calling. This is supposed to be a little bit of fun, Scotty. You, you know, I'm getting these uh, flashbacks of the Manchurian Candidate for some reason. Uh, you remember they had the uh, what was it, the Queen of the Queen of Diamonds or the Queen of Hearts or something that was supposed to right. trigger the guy That's brainwashing right. and he was going to go assassinate somebody. Now, now, hopefully. Nobody's triggered by whatever card you have, and they're going to go out and. Well, you you know, ju- you've just commit. blown you've just blown my cover, Scotty. You just, you just the whole thing has come <laughs> crashing down. The whole thing was a house of cards, and it just came crashing down. By the way, if anybody there wants to continue to do this tonight, feel free to give a, a call eight four four six eight seven seven six six nine. Now, Scotty. You have uh, you've yes, been on sir. the program a bunch of times. We love having you on. We've talked about a myriad of things. You always have projects up your sleeve, uh, on your desk, uh, sometimes in the trash bin, and then you pull them back out and you start working on them again. <laughs> what have, what, what's been going on with you lately? Boy, you know, since the last time we talked, I've got still almost all those identical projects still in the works. Uh, <laughs> working on a couple of books, uh, trying to finish a fictional book right now for my agent, which is kind of taken the backseat to current projects, but uh, it's a fictional book set in 1920s Egypt. Uh, should be fun and exciting, you know, a lot of supernatural, a lot of history, lots of weird Egyptian magics and stuff like that. Um, uh, also uh, working on a, a book for my publisher, New Page Books, on um, the, the Book of Enoch, which uh, they uh, called me up a couple of months ago and said, would you like to write a book on the Book of Enoch? And I said, I'd love to. So I'm uh, just in the rudimentary stages of that. And uh, i got a lot of radio stuff going on uh, nowadays, uh, it seems. Um, I started a nationally syndicated show with another network, 
And uh, so I'm doing a, a show that's really, I've been doing a lot of politics lately with uh, the Situation Room with my, my buddy Rocky Stucci. And uh, uh, so it's uh, the same network, but I'm doing something that's more geared toward no politics. I'm not getting into politics. It, as a matter of fact, you know as well as I do, and nowadays it's not as fun as it used to be. It's no. so tiring and wearisome. Uh, sometimes talking about politics all the time. So I've shifted gears, and I'm doing more paranormal, more metaphysical, uh, more uh, uh, historical mysteries, biblical mysteries, things like that. And uh, I think some people would would like the show. Some people wouldn't, uh, because I uh, dismantle certain things uh, uh, that I found. You know, my, my past is full of biblical studies, Bible school, seminary, ministry, all of that many years ago. And uh, um, I like to look at the texts and say, just to give you a, a very quick example, uh, I did a whole series on uh, the life of King David out of the Bible. And I looked at it and I said, there are things in this text that smack of ancient apologetic, uh, meaning they were written to make good people look better and bad people look better and good people look worse depending on, on what the, the point of the, 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 the topic of the apologetic was. And I found a lot of things about King David that just did not ring true to the Scripture. And, uh, um, and you start digging into history, and there's not a lot of his history to find, but you can compare apologetics to ancient apologetics and stories that were written to make somebody look good for a certain purpose. And so you find that in, in the text. So I've been doing a lot of that kind of thing. Uh, it takes a lot of research and a lot of uh, really digging in. Some of it can get kind of emotional, though, too, because, sure. you know, I grew up in that faith, and I kind of pushed away from that faith after doing lots of research. And, and maybe that's where some people would be offended by it or have a problem with it. But for me, um, I want to know things. I don't want to live just just because somebody told me something was so. And so I want to look into that stuff. So I'm, I'm spending a lot of time in that, and uh, I've got a, actually got one big project on my art table for the summer and the fall. Uh, I've got a science fiction author who has an award-winning novel out there, Children of the Fifth Son, and uh, he, Gareth Worthington, and I am in the middle of doing a three-graphic novel series to do his big 400-page novel as a comic book. And uh, so that's got me uh, that's got me tied up illustration wise. So other than that, just the same old, same old. I'm uh, uh, doing some things uh, locally with uh, my buddy Rocky. We're doing some of our own uh, paranormal research and uh, things like that. So, and on top of that, raising uh, three little kids, ten and under, and uh, <laughs> and uh, my wife uh, constantly wanting me to clean the garage or rake the yard or something. And so life is busy. Um, we just have about a minute here before we have to go to our top of the hour break. When we come back from the break, I want to talk about some of these specific items that you're looking at working on and uh, kind of pick your brain a little bit. And we'll let our audience sure. do that as well. Um, but before we do that, you have a website. It's got a lot of information about your work, uh, how people can get a hold of you to do some uh, contract work, whatever it happens to be. What's the website and the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, it's just my full name, Scott Allen Roberts. And Allen is A L A N. So scottallenroberts.com. And if someone went to the website, they can probably order some of your books that way. They can find they out can. how to uh, get some, because uh, I know you do custom artwork for people, all that stuff, right? I do. I do uh, children's book illustrations, book 
cover design, illustration, logo designs, uh, all of that stuff. And then all my books, there's links to all of them because uh, I don't stock them myself. They're all through the publisher or through Amazon and places like that. Do you do readings anymore? I know for, I know you did tarot card I readings. Do. For, you do. You're still doing that. Yeah. <clears throat> I still do that. Um, I do some of them on my radio show uh, just one night uh, every couple of weeks. And uh, I always say I'm not an intuitive. I'm not a psychic. I don't feel the things. I can't see cards when you pick them up. But the cards that I read, tarot cards, I, I call them a, a positive crutch for me. They deliver the message, and I facilitate the message. And, I, you know, that's how it works for me. We are continuing our remote viewing psychic experiment. If you would like to play along with us, give us a call at 844-687-7669. It's very simple. I've drawn a playing card out of a regular playing card deck. I've got it in front of me, and I will concentrate on it. I will focus on it. I'm actually going to text a picture of the card to Scotty Roberts, too, so he can do the same when you call. So the two of us will be thinking about this card. And all you need to do is kind of tap in, see if you can pick up those vibes, you know, those images. And if you can do that and you get the card right, or you just guess and you get the card right, that's okay too. I'll send you a t-shirt. Um, and we do have a couple people on hold. We're going to go to those uh, folks in just a moment. Scotty, again, thanks for being here on short notice. I always appreciate it when you come on the show because we always have a good time. Oh, thanks, Jim. So do I. I. I love coming on with you. All right. So before we get into any really serious discussion and solve any of the world's problems here, I am going to go to the phone lines and bring in <laughs> Kenny from Buffalo. Hey, Kenny, welcome to the program. Hey, hello. So, Kenny, are you someone who has any sensitivities or psychic abilities that you're aware of? Well, I I, I claim to be an empath, you know, uh, mm-hmm. somebody that feels the emotions of other people, but not exactly the same as a psychic. But uh, when you uh, picked a card, uh, something came to me right away, and um, I, I thought I'd give it a shot if I ever got through. I've never tried before. This is my first time. And have you done anything, like, as an empath, have you done um, any sessions with people or anything like that before? Well, I've I've written a book um, called An Original One Among Us, and one of my chapters is all about it. Um, uh, it's There's just things that don't seem like a coincidence to me, and yeah. uh, I've tapped into something, and I've been aware of this for a couple decades now. Interesting, interesting. Well, I know that this is this uh, is a very difficult thing to do, to, to call a, a radio show and in a matter of 30 seconds or so pick up on something. But I am focusing on this playing card. Um, I've got it uh, in front of me. I'm looking at it. I'm thinking about it. I think Scotty's doing the same thing because I did send him a picture of the card. So with that, Kenny, what do you see? Well... Right away, I saw the Four of Spades. Right. It's not the Four of Spades, Kenny. Not the Four of Spades. And again, I can't tell you if you're close or not, because that might give it away for somebody else. But uh, keep working on your sensitivities. I think you might have something there. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of the show, and I am, and I'm, I listen to it as often as I can. So um, I, I, I love it, and I, I thank you for taking my call. Kenny, thank you so much for those kind words, and thanks for calling in. We appreciate you joining us. And again, Scotty, it's supposed to be a little bit of fun, but it's kind of cool, too, isn't it? It is. It is. And, you know, uh, I was going to say uh, during the last segment, I think I've got the card, but you know what? I was way off again, so I'm glad <laughs> I didn't say it. 
<laughs> Let's grab one more call here before we start talking. Leanne in Kansas City, Missouri. Hey, Leanne, welcome to the doing? program. Uh, great. How are you doing? Whoa, what's hey, going on? I'm, uh, what's I'm go- excited to be on. It sounds like you're in a circus. What's going on back there? Um, I'm building transits at the uh, Ford plant here oh, in wow. Kansas City. Oh, wow. Well, thanks for calling when you're on the line there. Um, yeah. Leanne, do you consider yourself to be somebody who's got some psychic abilities or any sensitivities like that? You know what? My mother told me growing up that we were all born with it, and uh, if we wanted to, we could learn how to develop it if we tried, and I have over the years. Oh, wow. Yes, right, right on, but I don't consider myself a psychic. You know, it's interesting that you say that because we've had a lot of psychic guests on the program and every single one of them says that exact same thing, that we all kind of have this in us. It's just a question of whether we develop it or not. Now, some may have a stronger sense of it than others, like maybe a musical ability or something. It's the same idea. Not everybody has the same level, but everybody has a little bit. And if they work at it, they practice it, they learn how to control it, they can actually um, develop it to a point where they can use it. So I'm assuming that's kind of what you did. Yeah, it kind of is. Uh, when I was working in a place where I was interacting with a lot of people, I would practice, and I would seem to get better when I would practice more often. Unfortunately, making these transits, I really don't... <laughs> you don't get a chance to, yeah. too many people all the time, but... Yeah. Yeah. I had a card that popped in my head when you were when you first came on, and I thought, dang it, I want a T-shirt. I'm going to call in and see. Okay, well, before you tell us what that card is, Scotty and I are both concentrating on the card. I, we're both yeah. look, we're both looking at it. Um, we're we're focused as hard as we can possibly focus. What do you see? I see six of spades. It's not the six of spades. It's not. I'm again. I wish I could say whether you were close or not because um, I'm not going to say anymore. I'm not going to say anymore. I know. <laughs> I, I had another card too, but I guess I'll just have to listen off air and see if somebody. You know what? I'll let you. I'll back. let you take a second guess. Go ahead. I'll let you do it again. Okay, nine of clubs. It's not the nine of clubs. Okay. <laughs> thank, thank you, Leanne. Thank you so much for calling and sharing your story with us. We appreciate it very much. Thank you. Um, Wow, uh, I'm not going to say any more, but I do want to say more, Scotty. <laughs> yeah, um, <clears throat> you know, this also brings up uh, to mind the original Ghostbusters film with Dr. Venkman, played by Bill Murray, where he's doing the card experiments, uh, psychic experiments. Oh, that's... And when he got a, uh, a young, hot-looking uh, college girl <laughs> in there and she was trying to guess, uh, he would just lie and say, well, you are so right on you know <laughs> so it just reminds you of that scene <laughs> so. so let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you listed before the top of the hour break that you were working on because i'm really really yeah. curious i'm hearing more and more about the book of enoch and how it seems to be changing the way we're looking at a lot of things would you say that's a fair assessment i would say that's a fair assessment and uh with the book of enoch you've heard everything about it over the years from it being an absolute fraud that was written, you know, a much later date. Um, and uh, even some good friends of mine who are into this stuff have, have expressed the opinion that, well, they thought it was like a, a, a 10th or 11th century or 13th century forgery. And I said, well, that's, that's interesting. I, I looked into all of that stuff. And the interesting thing that you will find is that the Book of Enoch was one of those books 
during the councils of Constantine, the, the like the Council of Nicaea was the first one he convoked in 325 BC, uh, AD. And uh, one of the topics that spanned a couple of the councils was determining what books of the Bible that had been written were canon, or were what they considered actually God-breathed books. Right. And what the mandate was from Constantine was, I don't care what conclusions you draw, they just have to be unanimous. I want unanimity. And so the, all these bishops that were going and priests that were looking into this stuff, there was one of, the, one of the books among several others that they could not come to a unanimous decision on. But, so they'd set them aside, and they put them into a group called the Apocryphal Books. Some of these you'll find in uh, Catholic Bibles and other places. Well, one of the books in the 300s was the Book of Enoch. And they couldn't decide whether or not they felt that it was really a God-breathed book or whether it was man, man-made. And so they just set it aside in the Apocryphal Books. So we know that the book was already in existence for some time and we're talking 300 years after the time of Christ, that this book was already in circulation, already known, already studied and researched enough to determine whether or not they felt it was an actual piece of Scripture. And so in the 300s, the book existed. We know that it was probably... I had some people say it was a fake because it was written, you know, in the 400s BCE or something like that, and dating to times much earlier than that, a couple of thousand years earlier. Well, the interesting thing that people don't consider is that um, the, the Old Testament that we have today, it's from a document that was created in the 400s, uh, written by the 72 Jewish rabbis who went to the Library of Alexandria under Ptolemy II. They got permission to go there to reconstruct the Old Testament scriptures for their people, because they had been in captivity to Babylon for over 100 years. And so they're there, and they reconstruct that, and what they come up with, uh, and they use the language of the day, which was, which was Koine Greek. It was kind of a, the, the, the universal language of the Hellenized world post-Alexander uh, um, the Great. And they wrote this document, and it was called the Septuaginta, or the Septuagint, which is basically, if you pick up a Bible today in English and look at the Old Testament, you're looking at the Septuagint. And, uh, and so it was one of those books. It was dated back to that period. So you've got at least an ancient book. And in that book, you can cross-reference things in that book from the book of Genesis and other books in the Bible. You have a, a couple of the Old Testament prophets and patriarchs that quoted from the book of Enoch. You have Jesus himself quoted from the book of Enoch. You have the Apostle Paul who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, quoted from the Book of Enoch. To me, when you start seeing that kind of quote-unquote evidence that exists out there and other texts that cross-reference it, you've suddenly got kind of this ad hoc uh, uh, um, um, scientific method uh, that, that tells you it was in existence, and you can repeat that over and over again. You can find it was there. So the first thing I'd say about the Book of Enoch is that it is an authentic book. Now, you got to ask the question, is the stuff that happens in the book real or not? And just like with the rest of Scripture, I find there's a lot of historical efficacy. Um, people will say to me, oh, you can't say anything from the Bible because it's just a fake book. I say, no, it's, it's not a fake book. It's as real as any other culture's collection of books about a topic. 
Now, the history has been found to be many times spot on. What isn't verifiable is, of course, the faith stories and the stories of characters wrapped around those historical events. And so uh, I think uh, the first, my starting point with the Book of Enoch is going to be one of saying I'm not approaching this as totally objective because I have a bias. I believe the book existed. I believe it is ancient. And uh, I believe it was written for a purpose. And you will find a lot of stuff in that book. I, I used to say in the Book of Enoch, I said it's like reading the Old Testament on crack. <laughs> I mean, it is a wild book. I mean, it's, it's like watching Lord of the Rings or something like that. There are such amazing, wild stories that are told in that book. And uh, the whole issue of the Nephilim, which I wrote about out of Genesis 6, that is all mentioned uh, from a, a told where Moses wrote in the book of, of Genesis about four verses about the Nephilim. Right. Uh, the book of Enoch spends like 11 chapters talking about the Nephilim and those events. So it's, it's an interesting book from that respect. I've got some more questions about that. We are up against a break here. And before we go to this break, I, we've got some people that have been waiting on hold. So I want to try to get to at least one call here before we go into the break. This is D. Hughes right. in Greenville, South Carolina. I hope Greenville is far enough inland that uh, the hurricane isn't uh, affecting you, D. Yeah, I'm in the northwest corner of the state, but my nephew is, I mean, he's down there on the water in Charleston and the uh, he left when they evacuated, but he snuck back in on the back road, so he's at home right now. Ooh, wow. So why why did know, he decide yeah, to do I, that? Wow. So uh, I hope they're okay. Yeah, why did he, did, did he decide to do that? I mean, um, that's I, dangerous. I have no, I have not, just uh, he and his wife have, uh, uh, I mean, they've gone through several of them, and uh, just like my sister, my sister lives outside of Hilton Head, and, uh, uh, you know, they're down close to the water, and they've been... They've gone through these hurricanes for the last uh, thirty-eight years or whatever, but my, I don't. I don't know. I guess my dad and nephew thought that it. Uh, I don't know what he thought. I'd, I'd be afraid to guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's hope he's safe and uh, everything turns out okay. All right. So, are you calling in for the psychic remote viewing experiment? Uh, yes, but I'm also calling in because to say that uh, there was. Uh, I had called in. Uh, back of this, uh, I, I can't remember how long ago it's been, but there was a guy who talked about his son dying as a result of going out on a frozen lake yes. in the middle of the winter, and yes. he was making uh, learn how to make contact with his uh, uh, deceased son. Yes, I do remember and, that uh, guest. Yes, and uh, yeah, and I had called in that night, and the reason I called in was my my brother in law's first cousin, uh, uh, his his first cousin's daughter had died right outside of Buford on a river uh, in, a, in a boat. I remember. With, um, in the, and with, there were several other teenagers in there. Several of them hit the water. There was a deep uh, fog, and they hit and then uh, 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 went up under a bridge or whatever and hit, hit something, and uh, she spilled out in the water. Anyways, uh, for several days, though, they couldn't find her body. Yeah. And, then, uh, uh, and, I, and I think I mentioned that when I... When I called in, though, but after I talked to y'all like that night, I had a dream, uh, uh, and it's been like three or four days that they've been looking for her body. As a matter of fact, my uh, my brother-in-law's son, who is uh, a cousin to her, to the girl who passed or whatever, he was in the water. I mean, they put he was in the water looking for her before he even found out uh, that it was a relative that uh, that he was looking for or whatever. Oh, 
because he's on the dive wow. team for the uh, Department of Natural Resources here in South Carolina. And anyways, after I talked to y'all that night, or talk, uh, to your guest, told your guest about how her father had been sitting on the shore for several days, you know, waiting to uh, to hear something about his daughter and hoping that she was still alive. Well, that night after I got uh, I got through talking with you, the, I had a, a dream that uh, that because uh, they thought her body had maybe washed out to sea because that river goes into the ocean right there or whatever. And I had dreamed that uh, that her body was up next to the shore. And I told my sister that the next day. And uh, 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 anyways, it, it turned out they. She said, no, it's washed out. They'll probably never find her body. It's washed out into the ocean or whatever. And uh, uh, the the funny thing is, after I told my sister that, well, then she come back and called me. She said, you'll never believe this, but they actually found her body up next to the shore like wow. you were talking about. Wow. But they found it upstream. Wow. We don't know how the body got upstream, how it was carried upstream, but it was upstream like you were talking about or whatever. And that's probably the closest thing that I've ever come to any kind of a – uh, intuitive or that's, paranormal experience or whatever. You yeah, know, that's so. that's amazing. Hey, listen, we're going to run out of time here. I've got just a few seconds left. What is okay, the uh, what's six the, of diamonds? It's not the six of diamonds. D, thank you so much for sharing the story. I want to get back and to this. So, uh, happy to be here. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. I'm, I want to get back to this discussion in just a moment. I want to go to the phone lines first, though. We have Terry in Colorado who wants to jump in. Hey, Terry, welcome to the show. Thanks for calling. Thank you. So, Terry, are you calling for the uh, psychic remote viewing experiment? I am, yes. Do you consider yourself to be someone who's got sensitivities? And if you do, have you spent any time trying to develop them? Uh, not really. I I do know a guy who's really into this stuff. I see. And he's good at it, too. Okay, so... Um, you're going to just reach back and see if you can come up with the card. Scotty and I are both looking at the card. We are focused on it. We're yep. thinking about it. We're sending as much mental energy as we can muster. And between the two of the two of us, that may amount to enough to do something. <laughs> but what do, you, what do you see, Terry? What do you see? I'm seeing the two of clubs. It's not the two of clubs, Terry, but I appreciate you calling, and I thank you for listening. Um, I tell you, I, you know, I, I can't say anything, Scotty, because it'll give it away, but toward the end of the show, I'm going to make a comment about all this. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, we have to I, at that point. I get that, yes. Let's talk about the Bible just a little bit. Obviously, we were talking about the Book of Enoch, sure. which is kind of, uh, you know, kind of circling the Bible a little bit, if you will. Um, but I'm finding more and more guests anxious to come on this program using the Bible as not just historical reference, but um, actually almost prophetic reference. There's a lot of what I think to be a return to the biblical texts in search of answers to problems and questions we've had for a very, very long time. You know, I, I see a lot of that, too. Even for somebody like me and some of the people that I associate with, where we have, in a sense, we've stepped away from our Christian faith or our biblical faith, not throwing out the baby with the bathwater, of course, but saying, look, we think that there's a whole lot more here that needs to be looked at. It's not just as simple as somebody saying, I, this is written in this book and you believe that and that's it, especially when there's more there. There's more encoded messages there than people can even realize. Um, so I think a lot of people, even like myself, I don't deny that I'm not an atheist. 
I have become a, a fairly firm agnostic in the sense of gnosis, meaning knowledge, uh, ah, gnosis, ah, knowledge, meaning I'm just lacking. I don't have the knowledge anymore. Uh, where I thought I had all the answers at one point, it's once you start digging a little deeper, you say, wait a minute, I don't, I haven't scratched the surface of the answers. But we still hail back to that. I, I did a, my own radio show tonight where I was talking about things that were very far afield from what we might have been taught in Sunday school or church or synagogue or even Bible school and digging into some things, looking at the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And just reading the account, you get a what, what looks like, if you were not a, a, familiar with the biblical stories at all, or church or anything, and you were to read that story word for word, it reads like a fable, like a, uh, uh, like a mythological tale. You know, like the kind of tales we read of, you know, where, and the great warrior, you know, fought with the god, and he defeated him and hurled his carcass into the air, and it created the great, great swath of constellations or something. We read a story like that, and yet you go to the Adam and Eve story, which many of us in faith believe is true, and we believe the God behind it is true, yet it reads like all the other ancient fables, all the other ancient allegories, these allegorical tales and things that just couldn't be known at the time. And unless there is a God that reads all of this, these little idiosyncrasies, the text written by a guy just makes no sense as being a real story. And so you say there's got to be something there, maybe something encoded much deeper in that tale, like in, like in Adam and Eve. There's something deeper there. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil that they ate from, there's something deeper to that. Uh, it wasn't a literal tree. Um, and so you start digging into that. But at the same time, even somebody like me who has pushed away from religion and pushed away from certain faith elements, I find myself being very emotionally drawn back into it. I was, like I said, I was doing a radio show earlier tonight, and I was quoting something from a song from when I was a youth pastor that we used to sing uh, uh, about God and and so on, and, and, and believing the unbelievable stuff. And it, if, if I had not been on the radio, it could have broken me down emotionally, because it taps into that inner stuff. And so you say, while I can look at things methodologically or scientifically, there is still that heartstring draw on things, even though there are times I find I, I don't want to believe any of that anymore, while at the same time, I want to believe it, uh, because there's something there. There is that uh, uh, Richard Feynman, who is an astrophysicist, a contemporary of Einstein and Oppenheimer. Uh, he did a lot of lectures that you can hear online, these old lectures from the 60s and the 70s. And uh, he's a very good speaker. He was a humorist, you know, he had that New York accent, you know, uh, and, uh, and he would talk about things, and he'd say, you know, I try to find as a scientist, he says, the answers to what's going on in the world and in the universe. And he says, um, and, and I have a problem when we go to mystic tales and mystic types of stories to try to satisfy ourselves when we can't find the answers other places. And he says, that to me, that creates a lot of doubt. And he says, for me to doubt and to question and to research and to doubt and to question 
He says, it draws me further away from believing in something, but, he said, I would rather live life not knowing certain things than to come to the end of my life and find out I believed the wrong things all the way along. And uh, Because for those things that are truly the, the stuff of the heart, the stuff of God, the stuff of spiritual world, all of this stuff, that greater stuff out there, there's, there's never any proof. And that always made me want to say to God, God, I'm having trouble believing in you the way I used to, so show me something. Throw me a bone. Give me, and, and I find myself talking to God when I question God's existence on that level. And so getting all the way back around to what you originally stated, there are more and more people, even when we have a culture that seems to be pushing away from organized religion and pushing away from things of faith and so on, we become more pragmatic, more secularized as a people and as a culture. We still, in our inner heart of hearts, there's those times where we go, God, you know I'm a secularist, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and uh, so uh, it's there. There's, there's like, we used to call it when I was in ministry, everyone has a God-shaped vacuum in their heart that only God can fill. And of course, it's metaphoric language. But I think there's some truth to that. And the other side will say that's psychology. That's just your, that's, that's, those are the things Freud and Adler talked about, you know, the, the fathers of modern psychology talked about. The things that we need to move forward in life. We either look forward, like Adler said, and, and we try to make things happen, or we look backward, like Freud said, and we draw uh, our psychology or our psychological makeup from the, from, from the reverse. And so we're always looking, there's that psychology is there, but the big question is, what's at the spark of that? What creates that? Why do we even have a psychology or have a psyche? Uh, what made that? Uh, we can say there was a big bang. Who, who made the big bang happen? You know, those are the kinds of questions that sometimes seem really simple and silly, but I think that's what drives us all back to that in the long run. Well, we've seen, uh, I guess, a real move away from organized religion, uh, at least in, in yeah. West, Western cultures. And at the same time, I find it a bit, a bit of a paradox in the sense that for a very long time, science was pushing back against religion. Science was basically uh, taking a completely separate path. And now it seems as, as cultures are moving away from organized <laughs> As cultures are Sorry about that. as cultures are moving away, that tool go off <laughs> from go organized ahead. religion. Science is in in many cases almost returning and coming back and saying, "Wait a minute, we're starting to find evidence that some of these ideas may have some validity, whether it's through yeah. quantum research or even if it's from from archaeological research." You know, when they start to find things that make make them think, "Wow, this story in the Bible that we didn't believe was true." actually may have some truth because we just found X, Y, Z. So science seems to be coming back right. around, whereas culture is going the other way. It's kind of odd. Uh, and that's true. And science, really, where did science begin? It's because somebody had questions about something, be it spiritual, be it the unanswered questions in life. And so it began a science to research into something and try to figure it out. I think religious thought, or let's put it differently, religion is really practice of life. Um, uh, I would say spiritual thought is what drove scientific discovery. 
It's like, is there something more or is there something less? And uh, uh, what is that made up of? Where does, where does this come from? It's like, take it into the paranormal. You know, people will say, I've had an experience with what I think was a ghost. Now, you can live with that experience and, not, and have it be misunderstood the rest of your life, or you can say, I'm, I'm going to research that. I want to look into that. Uh, so I think that's where the science side of it comes from the experiential or the spiritual experience. And uh, so I think that's where that all comes from. And, yeah, while we have a secularized culture, I think it's more in the West. I think Western civilization has become much more secularized. And some of that is because, well, like with the founding of our own country, while God was mentioned in our, in our documents, the Creator, they called him, there's an acknowledgement that there's a creator there. But all of the founders also said we need to have a secular society, one that isn't run by what they called at the time papists, because they were referring to European church rule and things like that. But we have to step away from any, any uh, consideration of religion driving us as a political force or as a governmental force, because that then starts to lean to favor one aspect, and so one, one, one religion or one way of thinking. And so they said, even Jefferson said, we have to be a secularized society. And so uh, I think that has driven Western culture, because Western culture, in the United States, we are unique in world history, in our founding, in the great experiment with this republic, as they called it. But because of that, over the last 250 years now, because of the kind of culture we established, I think that eventually led to the kind of thinking we've had over the last, especially 50 years, 30 years, where we have drifted further and further and further away from having a, uh, what would you say, in God we trust, it's on our money. How many people now are against that and want to see that removed? Because they want to secularize that. It, it's, it's, that's not the place for it, they say. So uh, uh, society has moved away from God, but on a personal level, I think people still desire to know. You mentioned ghostly experience as an example. Um, yeah. One of the things that I've often wrestled with is, uh, well, we have, I don't know what the percentages are, but my guess is that uh, there are a lot of people who believe in and maybe have had a ghost-type experience um, that would turn around and also say that they are they don't believe in God, and I've had trouble with with that line of thinking because if a ghost is present, if someone has that kind of experience, you ha- then that means there is some kind of afterlife, and if there is some kind of afterlife or some kind of after after existence, maybe it's not a life, I don't know, um, but that would kind of point to the to a spiritual world in which there m- most likely would be a God. Is, is that distorted thinking? I think in a way it is, and I've seen the reverse. I've seen people who believe in God, in the Holy Spirit, in life after death, and the devil, and and spirits, and angels, and demons. They believe in this from a biblical point of view, or a church point of view, yet they go, oh, no, 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 that whole ghost thing, that's not true, that's not real. Or they will say, it's all Satan, it's all demons, it's all this, it's all deception. Uh, on a spiritual is that, realm. Is that the official so, uh, church uh, position on uh, the Catholic Church position? I'm Catholic. I should know this, but is that yeah? Is that the official church position on ghosts? Is it, I, is it demonic I activity? Official, I, I think it's kind of all over the place. Yeah. But I think 
I'm not Catholic. Uh, I was in the Baptist Church, an evangelical church. But I know our position was one that if you encounter a ghost, you're encountering a deception from the devil. Right. It's Satan trying to throw you. And I don't say that mockingly. This no. is the way it was told us. Right. Scotty, These let's... Um, demonic. Yeah. We're going to run out of time here, but I want to grab one more phone call. This is uh, Ken from South Carolina. Hey, Ken, you wanted to take a guess on our card? Yeah. Yeah. Scotty and I are thinking about this card. This is going to be our right. last call of the night. So uh, what do you see? I'm thinking it's the four of hearts. It's not the four of hearts, Ken. Good, good, good call. Good guess. And, and Scotty, we're out of time. So um, I'm going to tell everybody right. this, this, as you saw, the card was four of clubs and we had a guess on the four yes. of spades, right? Four and of did, spades. And I thought he's seeing the black shape and yeah. he's seeing the four. Exactly, and we had a couple other fours, and then we had something of clubs that was very, very close as well. So uh, there was some energy. There there was some energy circulating around there. Anyway, Scotty, thank you so much for joining us. Once again, give out your website and any other way, you know, your YouTube channel, whatever you've got going on that you want people to check out. Uh, You can check out my website, scottallenroberts.com. It's just my full name. Allen is A-L-A-N, and scottallenroberts.com. Dot com. And you can check me out at uh, my YouTube channel and uh, see a bunch of my broadcasts over there. And that's simply YouTube.com. And you go to YouTube and look up Mr. Scotty Roberts. And Mr. spelled out, Scotty with a Y, I-E is for girls. I'm a guy, so it's Y, <laughs> uh, Letty. So Mr. Scotty Roberts at YouTube. What do you chat about on that channel? Oh, boy, uh, <clears throat> that's where I do... Uh, I do my radio show, which is nationally syndicated, but then I simulcast that show in video, and we have the live chat. And then after the show is over, I'll many times jump in. And, uh, well, I have been just doing live streams on there before I went uh, a couple of weeks ago on national. And so now I'm starting to do after the show, jump in, and start doing a little live segment afterwards because I've, I've had a lot of people say, one hour isn't enough. Can you stay on a little longer? And I say, well, once the show's done, I'll jump back in and we'll do some live. And we talk about all of the stuff you and I were just talking about. Uh, we talk about historical mysteries. We talk about uh, history. I try to stay away from politics on that. I do that with uh, the Situation Room with Rocky. And uh, so that's what we do. And you can come over and take a peek at my stuff. Beautiful. Again, thanks for being here tonight. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, thank you again to Scotty Roberts for stepping into the last minute and uh, giving us another great conversation. Check out his stuff. He does great work, and uh, we're always recommending Scotty um, for uh, both what he writes and his artwork. Fabulous artist. Does a lot of great work. So check that stuff out. That's going to do it for tonight. We'll catch you tomorrow. It's Beyond Reality Radio. Beyond Reality Radio is hosted by Jason Hawes and J.V. Johnson and produced by Alexandria Johnson and Slick Eddie Edwards for Intercom Radio. Beyond Reality Radio is distributed by Westwood One Radio Networks. Stop by our Facebook page and say hello. Follow the hosts on Facebook as well. For Jason Hawes, follow at JasonHawes.Taps. For J.V. Johnson, follow at JVJParanormal. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Radio or you have a suggestion for a guest, contact Slick Eddie Edwards at SlickEddieEdwards at gmail.com. Be sure to visit our chat room as well at beyondrealityradio.com. Thanks for listening.